Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quinn's is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Yo, what's up listeners? Welcome to another episode of Thinking Outside the Boombox, your number one source for hip-hop and R&B news. My name is Ahmad and I am your host. It is Wednesday, December 30th. There are only two more days left in December, two more days left in 2020. This is the final episode of Thinking Outside the Boombox in 2020. Um, Thank you all for tuning in. Um, it's been a good year. Uh, we've had, I want to say close to 40 episodes this year. Um, we hosted, I don't know why I keep saying we, you know, you know, we're family, me and the listeners, you all. So I'm including you in it, but, um, I hosted the very first tournament, um, and thinking outside the boombox history, um, the, Back in the Day Tournament Volume 1, uh, which sought to to find the best hip-hop album of the past decade. Um, to Pimp a Butterfly won that. It was a dope tournament. Had a bunch of guests on to help me decide that. Um, it was a really good year full of good music, um, good discussions about music. Um, yeah, and so I'm, I'm excited... Um, for what 2021 will bring um, in life and on the podcast. A lot of really cool things are already being set up uh, for 2021 for the podcast. So I'm excited to share that with you when the time comes. Um, But in this episode, I will be delivering a song of the week. And then we're going to jump right into the Dig Deeper segment where I will reveal my list of the top 25 hip-hop and R&B albums of 2020. Um, so yeah, 
without any further ado, let's jump right into the song of the week. So I mentioned um, a few weeks ago that uh, every song of the week for the month of December would be a song that didn't make it onto my top 50 list, my top 50 songs of 2020. Uh, I dropped that episode last week. Um, There were a lot of contenders that could have made the list, but only 60, 50 with the 10 honorable mentions could actually could actually make the list. So I wanted to highlight some songs that did it. And so the song of the week for this week is 27 Summers by Nas. So uh, Nas dropped off his his album King's Disease this year. And we'll be talking about that a little later in the episode for sure. Um, And one of the songs on there was 27 Summers. Hit Boy produced this entire project. Um, But the beat for 27 Summers, I think, was when you really realize, oh, like Hit Boy is giving Nas some stuff to push him out of his comfort zone. He's giving him some fresh, modern production to kind of like push Nas to really show what he's working with. Um, this song is under two minutes. Like I think it's like a minute, 43 seconds, and you really wish it was longer um, because the beat is so infectious. Like like the, the vibe that it that it produces is incredible and Nas uses uh this song to talk about you know how long he's been in the game 27 summers um and he's he's just kind of celebrating it he's he's reflecting um and it's just a dope song from his King's Disease project one that shows Nas able to adapt to some some sounds that he may not have been um flowing over in his past work Um, So the song of the week for this week is 27 Summers by Nas from his album, King's Disease. Let's jump right into the Dig Deeper segment. I love reflecting on the year in music um it's it's crazy how much music we really receive in 12 months it's crazy um how much music you can forget was released in the span of 12 months like those albums that come out in january and february if they don't really stick with you can seem like they came out the year prior um so I really just enjoy, you know, taking the time to reflect on what the what my favorite projects were in a year. Um, I love making lists. So the end of the year is always a fun time for me. Um, so I am going to reveal my list of the top 25 hip hop and R&B albums of 2020. Um, there are five honorable mentions. Um, so the list is actually composed of 30 albums 25 that actually made the list and then five that were you know right on the cusp um but i wanted to mention them anyway and so i realized you know when i uh increased the song number uh from 40 with five honorable mentions to 
um, or what was it? Sorry, 50 with five honorable mentions to 50 with 10 honorable mentions that it's now more in line with the albums list. And so I think that was the right decision because uh, the songs list is now exactly double of what the albums list is. You know, 50 songs on the list, 10 in the honorable mentions for the songs, 25 albums on the list, five honorable mentions. Um, so now they're they're really more in line, and I think that's where it's going to stay. I don't want to include too many. I don't want the list to be too long. I want it to feel exclusive. Um, but I also want to make sure that I, I have enough space to get the, the songs and albums that really matter. So uh, the eligibility period for making it on this list is from December 1st, 2019 through November 30th, 2020. Um, I like to cut it off at November 30th, so I actually have time to listen to the music that's in contention before um, making the list. And so all those December albums get pushed to next year's list. And that didn't really happen too much this year, except for in Roddy Rich's case, because um, that album came out in 2019 in December Um, And it's definitely, you know, made it on the songs and the albums list. So without further ado, let's let's get into it. Um, I'm going to go I'm going to start with the five honorable mentions working my way backwards. We'll uh, do 25 through um, 16. We'll take a break and then come back with the top 15 albums. Uh, Yeah, I'm excited for you to hear the list. Um, the podcast newsletter for this episode, go to thinkingoutsidetheboombox.com on the homepage, put in your email, you'll get added to the mailing list and you'll get the newsletter whenever an episode is dropped or just go to the newsletter tab on thinkingoutsidetheboombox.com and you will be able to find all the newsletters there. So there's, you know, the newsletter will contain a link to the song of the week for this week, as well as the full list, uh, visually, um displayed as well as like written out um so yeah so honorable mention number five on the list is good to know by jojo um this is jojo's first album in four years and her first album since leaving her label and starting her own imprint i don't know much about jojo's career besides the fact that she had some bangers in 2004 but I downloaded this album because I was curious what she was working with in 2020. And honestly, the album cover drew me in. Um, Good to Know is a solid album, full of emotion, some really solid vocals. Uh, she can sing her ass off. And at times, she shows that pop style that got her mainstream success in the first place. But when she does go R&B, she really nails it. Um, the song Lonely Hearts is sensual, full of emotion, while the song Gold is an upbeat song featuring some like warped production and percussion that fits right into the current R&B landscape. Um, I think on this album, JoJo makes a successful comeback and shows that she's still got more to give. Um, my favorite tracks from this album were Gold, Lonely Hearts, and Small Things. Number five on the honorable mention list is Good to Know by JoJo. Number four on the honorable mention list, is Limbo by Amine. Um, Amine's debut album, Good For You, was a super uplifting, energetic, entertaining, good album. Um, it was like the album form of Black Boy Joy. His sophomore album, Limbo, is a little darker and more hardened by his experiences, 
within the first few songs on the album, he addresses race in America, as well as how Kobe's death affected him and the people around him. You know, Amine is from California. Um, Amine is a good rapper with a great flow and the unique ability to easily craft a hit. He still finds the time to deliver some incredible, upbeat, high-energy hits like Riri and Shimmy, but he also leans into his pop sensibilities with songs like Compensating. He's versatile because he can also deliver some gritty-sounding, hard-hitting songs like Pressure in My Palms. Um, He took all the tricks out of his bag for this album. His sound is more mature, and the production sounds more polished, likely due to the contributions of high-profile producers like Boy Wanda and T-Minus. And he delivered a better album than his debut. My favorite tracks are Riri, Compensating, Roots, Pressure in My Palms, and Shimmy. Number four is Limbo by Amine. Number three on the honorable mention list is Take Time by Giveon. Uh, Giveon has been releasing singles since 2018, but he surely took advantage of the Drake effect after he appeared on Drake's Chicago freestyle track for the first time back in February. A month later, Giveon released his debut EP, Take Time, and now the world knows his name, and he's got a Grammy nomination for Best R&B Album. Eight songs in 24 minutes, and he indeed left his mark. He has such a unique, soothing voice with such control at the lower points of his vocal register. His voice somehow sounds classic as he delivers ballad after ballad about love and heartbreak. He makes infidelity sound sweet on Favorite Mistake. You can hear the pain and longing in his voice on Like I Want You. He has an impressive ability to make the emotion in his music feel palpable. In short, he can put you in your feelings real quick. Um, I'm very excited to hear what a full-length project might sound like from him because he has so much potential. My favorite tracks, Like I Want You, Heartbreak Anniversary, and Favorite Mistake. Number three is Take Time by Giveon. Number two is Party Mobile by Party Next Door. Um, Party Next Door has been writing bangers for artists for a long time, but Party Mobile is a new level of solo songwriting for him. He crafted a relatively consistent storyline in this album, although it's not the type you would expect from an R&B album. Love is not the theme here. Many of the songs play the will they, won't they game, but with infidelity. Um, It's weird. The hit single from the album Loyal doesn't really fit the album at all. Um, Party is telling hurtful truths on this album, admitting to being anything but loyal over his classic suppressed production. And vocally, he's never been better. Uh, Then there's the album finale, the ultimate anti-ballad, where Party approaches new personal heights vocally while detailing toxicity we didn't know he had in him. Kalani verifying that some of this song was about her didn't make it easier to root for him. But we want our artist to be honest on Wax, and he definitely did that. Uh, a song like Savage Anthem kind of invalidates songs like Loyal, but maybe Party is on a new wave. Lyrically, it's interesting to see where he goes next, but Party delivered a hell of an album. Favorite tracks were Savage Anthem, Trauma, Believe It, and Nothing Less. Number two on the honorable mentions list is Party Mobile by Party Next Door. And the final honorable mention is Savage Mode 2 by 21 Savage and Metro Boomin. 21 Savage and Metro Boomin have an incredible chemistry on wax. The first Savage Mode tape in 2016 was probably my first introduction to 21's dark raps. Um, Then they connected again with Offset for Without Warning the next year. Three years later, and they're still as locked in as they ever were. First off, they got Morgan Freeman doing intros and interludes on the album. Metro Boomin crafted some crazy beats, 
for 21. They're an incredible duo. Metro makes the perfect beats to complement 21's ruthless, dark lyricism. Um, they took chances on this project, and they worked out. Nobody would have said that a trap beat crafted around a Diana Ross sample would work, but it did, and 21's menacing delivery made it even better. Morgan Freeman did a whole interlude about the difference between a snitch and a rat. Drake announced that he used to date SZA. 21 Savage probably broke the world record for how many times he said pussy on this album. This album was a hip-hop trap moment, and it showed just how on top of their game 21 Savage and Metro Booming are. My favorite tracks were Running, Many Men, Mr. Right Now, and Brand New Draco. Savage Mode 2 by 21 Savage and Metro Boomin' is the final honorable mention. So the five honorable mention albums, Savage Mode 2, Party Mobile, Take Time, Limbo, and Good to Know. So let's get into the list. Number 25, New Beginnings by Reason. This was one of my most anticipated albums this year. Reason is an incredible MC with the ability to make hard-ass, gritty records and genuine, soulful songs with ease. His debut album was his chance to start this new journey with TDE on the right foot, and he succeeded. From the opening song, he's got TDE label mate Zakari on the vocals as he delivers a verse full of promise and hunger. And that's the word I'd use to describe Reason. He raps with a hunger for success. He's ready to show us all that he's a dope artist, and he does that supported by his TDE artists and some really crisp production from a host of producers. Reason is at his best on this album when he drops the tough guy bars and gets sincere and sentimental on the track, or even when he gets personal and tells a story with his rhymes. He holds his own with most of his collaborators, although Rhapsody does wrap circles around him, rightfully so. And Jid and Absol give him a run for his money as well. He spent most of the year rapping with Dreamville, and honestly, his style fits in much more with them, but I saw enough in this album to definitely stay interested to see how his TDE career evolves. My favorite tracks are Extinct, West Side, Something More, Flick It Up, and Windows Cry. Number 25 is New Beginnings by Reason. Number 24 is Extinction Level Event 2, The Wrath of God by Buster Rhymes. It was a hell of a year for the old heads. A lot of these over 40 rappers came through with some heat this year. Busta Rhymes released his 10th studio album eight years since his last one. And it's not perfect. I could have done without Chris Rock yelling at me for half the album. It's too damn long. And I'm kind of over the apocalypse concept that he's been kind of pushing with a bunch of his albums. I just wanted Busta Bust to show what he still had in the tank. And he delivered. First off. He's got elite production from Jay Dilla, DJ Premier, Ninth Wonder, Swiss Beats, and more. This man brought out the great ones to rap with him with features from Pete Rock, Rakim, Q-Tip. He embraced the newer artists like Rhapsody, Kendrick Lamar, Anderson Pac. He showed that he still has pop hits in him with songs with Mary J. Blige and Mariah Carey. He flowed over Jackson 5, Belle Biv DeVoe, and ODB samples. The flow is still top tier, and lyrically, he was a monster. He's one of the goats, and his show with just how easily he collaborated with every single artist. Busta is pushing 50. I think he's 48. And he put in some serious work while making sure his legacy continues to be rock solid. My favorite tracks were Look Over Your Shoulder, You, Don't Go, Mr. Fard Muhammad, and Best I Can. Number 24 is Extinction Level Event 2, The Wrath of God by Busta Rhymes. 
Number 23 is featuring Ty Dolla Sign by Ty Dolla Sign. Ty Dolla loves collaborating with other artists. For the past few years, he's showed up doing background vocals for artists like Janae Aiko and Big Sean. He's done what feels like a million features for artists like 2 Chainz, Megan Thee Stallion, and SZA, and that's on top of dropping solo work. So it's no surprise that his latest album was dedicated to collaborating with some of his favorite artists. This album has something for everyone. He's got the high-energy hitmaker joints with the R&B flair, like Real Life with Mustard and Roddy Rich, or Lift Me Up with Future and Young Thug. He's got the slow-paced, sensual R&B joints like Your Turn with Black, Music Soul Child, and more, or even Universe with Kalani. This is the best of Ty Dolla Sign. I've said before how unique of a voice he is, and he brought the heat. He's got absolute hits on this album, like By Yourself, and even some of his solo cuts, like Slow It Down, are incredible. His collaborators brought their best to each song, just like Ty does for them. Stay inspired, uh, Ty Dolla, because this is the one. This is this is the type of album that I really want to want to hear more of. So, you know, don't stop collaborating because this was dope. My favorite tracks, By Yourself, Your Turn, Slow It Down, Universe. Number 23 is featuring Ty Dolla Sign by Ty Dolla Sign. Number 22, It Was Good Until It Wasn't by Kalani. Kalani delivers so many vibes in an album that runs just under 40 minutes. She's been incredible at putting her vulnerability on display for all of us to hear and experience through many relatable songs about relationships and love. And she's always been versatile with this album adding many more songs to her impressive, diverse catalog. She explores her sexuality in songs like Can I and Water. She explores the negative aspects of love in Toxic and Bad News. She discusses grief. She discusses lust and sacrifice. Kalani has a song for everyone, and she sounds amazing in this album, bolstered by contributions from voices like Janae Aiko and James Blake and wonderful, jazzy, soulful production from a number of frequent producers. Kalani continued to be a voice of many with another great album in her repertoire. My favorite tracks, Toxic, Change Your Life, Hate the Club, Bad News, number 22, It Was Good Until It Wasn't by Kalani. Number 21, Better by Deontay Hitchcock. Um, Now, I'm not going to say too much about this album because there is a collaborative episode um, with the Small Victories and Side Notes podcast coming very soon, like probably within the next two weeks, where we analyze every track of this album. So I don't want to give away a lot, but I will say Deontay Hitchcock released his debut album Better back in May. And it's the second project in a planned Good, Better, Best trilogy. This is easily his best album to date. He delivered some of his best bars, his most consistent flows, held his own amongst his fellow Atlanta peers, and had two songs that featured on my top 50 list. He showed some incredible versatility, making a turn-up song for the ladies with young baby Tate, making a hard-ass song for the fellas with young nudie, and reflecting on his journey in many sincere, flow-heavy tracks. He's a young star in the making to keep your eyes on. Favorite tracks were Flashbacks, I Remember, Shadow Man's Interlude, and How the Fuck. Um, Stay tuned for that episode uh, where we discuss this album. It's a really good one. Number 21 is Better by Deontay Hitchcock. Number 20 is So Help Me God by 2 Chains. It's been eight years since 2 Chains resurfaced as 2 Chains after his stint in Play a Circle as Titty Boy. He's 43 years old. And yet his last two albums, Rap or Go to the League and Now So Help Me God, are his two best projects. 
He can still make some of the hardest trap songs out. His personality and humor shine bright in his work, and his years in the game and in life have left him with lots to say and lots to give. One of the most impressive things about this album is how well he collaborated with the younger artists, songs with artists like NBA Youngboy, Mulatto, Brent Fayez, and Lil Uzi Vert allow 2 Chainz to shine while also giving each of these artists their moment. At the same time, he's got songs with Kanye, Lil Wayne, and Rick Ross with an energy that's unmatched. Some of his greatest lyrical performances on this album, though, are solo with songs like Southside Hove and Vampire, allowing his authenticity center stage as he spits some real shit. He's on an impressive run and has shown that not everyone peaks in their 30s. My favorite tracks, Southside Hove, Vampire, Moneymaker, Can't Go For That, Save Me. Number 20 is So Help Me God by 2 Chains. Number 19, Pray For Paris by Westside Gun. Westside Gun was inspired to make this album after attending Paris Fashion Week and even wrote six songs while he was out there. He's such an interesting rapper because of the juxtaposition between the artistic luxury themes and the drug dealing gangbanging rhymes in his music. The production on this album is pristine with notable contributions um, from The Alchemist, DJ Premier, Tyler the Creator, and even Jay Versace. This is a tight, cohesive project with incredible verses from his collaborators like Tyler the Creator, Joey Badass, Freddie Gibbs, and of course his Griselda family, Benny the Butcher and Conway the Machine. Westside Gunn's boisterous personality and gritty rhymes are perfect for the smooth beats he flows over here. He's supposedly retiring this year, so if that's true, it's fitting that he delivered his magnum opus. My favorite tracks were 327, Versace, George Bondo, 500 Ounces. Number 19 is Pray for Paris by Westside Gun. Number 18, It Is What It Is by Thundercat. The way Mac Miller's death affected Thundercat is all over this album. The title itself stems from a Mac Miller lyric. They were really good friends and the pain and grief that came with that loss are palpable. Thundercat and Flying Lotus produced this entire album and Lotus said... The goal was for this album to be a journal of where Thundercat has been since his last album, Drunk, broken into three parts of hope and innocence, then love, then pain and grief. This is an emotional album that features earnest vocals and lyrics from Thundercat, incredible instrumentation, and a number of dope collaborations. While there is a lot of fun and laughs in this album, like two of the singles, Black Qualls and Dragon Ball Durag, which is literally a funky song about hoping slash asking a girl uh, to love him, even in his Dragon Ball do-rag. But the best parts of the album are when Thundercat contemplates mortality, grieves for his friend, or sings about love. The last quarter of the album, starting with Unrequited Love, they're heartbreaking, and they're a must-listen. The final song in the titular song is hauntingly beautiful. It's just such a beautifully said, sung, and created album by Thundercat and his amazing collaborators. My favorite tracks, Unrequited Love, Fair Chance, It Is What It Is, Black Qualls, Dragon Ball Durag. Number 18 is It Is What It Is by Thundercat. Number 17, No Pressure by Logic. This is Logic's final album. I put that in air quotes. Um, And it's a rap clinic and the perfect way to end his rap career. It's Full of songs influenced by the artists, he's publicly idolized his entire career, J. Cole, Outkast, Kanye, and more. 
He tied up storylines. He made numerous callbacks to songs in his previous works and extended the series of many of his soulful bar heavy tracks. For an artist who specializes in conceptual albums, it can be hard to effectively bring things to an end. But Logic did that. He gave his fans a fitting end to the projects he's built up over his career, and he had a lot of fun with it. He showcased masterful lyricism and stayed true to his style. Logic has consistently been one of the best rappers in the game with crazy flows, insane bars, and thoughtful verses full of reflections on his life experiences. If this is truly his last album, he wrapped it up, he tied it with a bow. Hopefully he reconsiders, but if not, we had a great time while we were here. Favorite tracks, A to Z, uh, GP4, Soul Food 2, Perfect, Open Mic, Aquarius 3. Number 17 is No Pressure by Logic. Number 16 is 31520 by Childish Gambino. This was one of the weirdest releases of the year. He surprised released this album as a looped stream on his website that just threw you into the album wherever it was. Like, like the, the album is on a continuous loop. And when you open the website, it doesn't just start at the first song. Wherever it is in that loop is where it threw you. There were no like names of the songs. It just threw you into this album stream. It was wild. And it was there for less than 24 hours, and then he took it down. Five days later, he released the album with a date as the title, timestamps as the song titles, and a blank album cover. Despite the confusion around this release, wow, it's an amazing album. Gambino has kept his style fluid his entire career, and this album is so sonically different than anything he's released before. He's got songs that sound like 80s pop. He's got songs that sound like 90s R&B. He's got dance. He's got funk. It's quite the diverse mix of sounds. It's a beautifully sounding album, which sees Ariana Grande showing up just for background vocals and Childish delivering an incredible storytelling bop uh, a la Andre 3000 with a verse from 21 Savage. Gambino is always experimenting, always elevating, and so much of this music makes you want to dance despite some of the deep lyrics that Gambino juxtaposes that sense with. He claims his next project will be even bigger, so so much for retirement. Uh, favorite tracks, 1238, 1910, 2419, and 4748. Such a weird album. Number 16 is 31520 by Childish Gambino. Um, And with that, we're going to take a short break, and then I will be right back with the top 15 albums of 2020. Welcome back to Thinking Outside the Boombox. It is now time for the top 15 albums of 2020. Coming in at number 15 is Streams of Thought, Volume 3, Cain and Abel by Black Thought. Not much more can be said about this album than what has already been said. Black Thought is one of the greatest MCs to ever touch this earth. His flow is rock steady. His wordplay and rhyme schemes are elite. His lyrics are thoughtful and introspective. He can do it all. He linked up with legendary producer Sean C, who produced the entire album, and he gave him some incredible beats to flow over. The album is named Cain and Abel because Sean C's surname is Cain. 
and Abel, because Black Thought is so skilled at what he does, he gets gritty with Schoolboy Q on Stakem. He gets personal on We Could Be Good. He focuses on the music and different sounds with Portugal the Man and The Last Artful Dodger. He delivers important social commentary on issues that are still timely on an album that was mostly recorded before everything that happened this year. Black Thought is an important voice in hip-hop, and it's wild that this is his first solo studio album. Not many artists can be a part of one of the greatest groups of all time and also hold their own as one of the greatest MCs of all time. Salute to Black Thought. Favorite tracks, We Could Be Good, Good Morning, Stakem, Thought vs. Everybody, Fuel, Number 15 is Streams of Thought, Volume 3, Cain and Abel by Black Thought. Number 14 is The Album by Tiana Taylor. It's unfortunate if Tiana really retires after feeling underappreciated for the last time because she delivered her most complete body of work to date. Tiana made the album that she wanted to make this time around, and I'm glad that in many ways it's the opposite of the Kanye-led album she delivered would keep that same energy. The album is a 23-song album split into five studios, each representing a different theme. Songs 1 through 5 represent love. Songs 6 through 10, sexuality. Songs 11 through 14, self-worth. Songs 15 through 18, vulnerability. And songs 19 through 23, triumph. She has songs for everyone on this album. The first quarter of the album is some of the most beautiful love songs she's ever created, including a collab with Erica Badu that samples Next Lifetime and a collab with her husband. She doubles down on the smoking, explicit sex songs with hits like 69 and Morning. Her features all came through and gave her gold, and vocally, she sounds phenomenal on this album. This album deserved a Grammy nomination, and I can't blame her for feeling unappreciated, but I hope that she comes back to give us some more heat like this. Favorite songs, Wake Up Love, Come Back to Me, Low Key, Bear With Me, Shoot It Up, Wrong Bitch, so much to love on this album. Number 14 is The Album by Tiana Taylor. Number 13, Detroit 2 by Big Sean. Detroit 2 is Big Sean's fifth studio album, his first album since 2017, and a follow-up to his 2012 Detroit mixtape. Now, the Detroit mixtape for Big Sean was like Friday Night Lights for J. Cole. They're not of the same quality, I'm not saying that, but it's the one mixtape in Sean's catalog that is so well-loved that people wish it was an album. After Sean's debut album and the completion of his Finally Famous series, Detroit showed that Sean was more than a good lyricist with some ad-libs. He embraced a slightly grittier, darker sound and raised the bar on his lyricism. The production he flowed over was less pop, less bright, and Detroit too feels the same. Sean has been pretty focused on uplifting, concept-driven projects, and this feels like the focus is back on the rapping and the performances. Big Sean sounds hungry, he's rapping with urgency, and lyrically, he's still insane with it. He collaborates often, and there's never a time where a feature seems out of place. The good music chemistry was evident between Sean and Hitboy, who produced a number of songs continuing his monster year. His girlfriend, Janae Aiko, also appears a couple of times. I honestly think Big Sean should stop trying to sing so much and leave that for the features, but you gotta respect the earnestness. Um, This album remains a love letter to the city that raised him, and the album finds nice pockets to express that. The skits by Erica Badu, Dave Chappelle, and Stevie Wonder honoring Detroit, Stevie Wonder's from Detroit, 
Features from Duele and Key Wayne, both Detroit natives, and Key Wayne has been a close collaborator um, and producer of Sean's um, like early albums. Um, and then there's the nice touch at the end of the album with the cipher of almost a dozen Detroit artists, including Royce Five Nine and Eminem. Uh, Sean came into this album with a renewed vigor, leaving the beefs and the drama in the past, ready to get back to rapping his ass off. Favorite tracks were Deep Reverence, Guard Your Heart, Friday Night Cypher, Still I Rise, Body Language. Number 13 is Detroit 2 by Big Sean. Number 12 is A Written Testimony by Jay Electronica. Jay Electronica finally releasing his debut album after 13 years of us waiting for it was a big surprise. That album essentially being a collaborative album with Jay-Z was an even bigger surprise. Jay-Z appeared on 8 of the 10 tracks on this album and 9 of the 10 actual songs. Or sorry, 8 of the 9 actual songs. Um, This obviously isn't the album that we were waiting for, but it's an impressive and important one nonetheless. And it sure as hell was a huge moment in hip-hop this year. Jay Electronica has always been inspired and empowered by the Nation of Islam and also the Five Percenters. And those beliefs are a central theme in the album's lyrics. I mean, the intro... It's taken from a speech by Minister Louis Farrakhan. Jay Alec has always wowed us with his ability to expertly craft dense, intricate lyrics about many topics that I honestly don't always understand. There's a lot of that here. I do question the decision to make his debut a collab album with Jay-Z because Jay-Z does completely outwrap him on a number of occasions as Jay-Z continues to take a victory lap with a string of incredible verses. But the album is at its best when both Jays boss up and rap about black excellence, politics, and get completely personal, like on All Praise is Due to Allah when Jay Elec raps about his mother's death. Jay Electronica shines on production on this album. Excuse me, like production that uh, like he produced a lot of the songs on this album. But appearances by The Alchemist and No ID add to the brightness of the beat selection. Who knows if we'll ever get another Jay Alec album besides the actual leaked album we'd waited on for years, but I am grateful for this release. Favorite tracks, Shiny Suit Theory, Blinding Lights, All Praises Due to Allah, Ghosts of Soldier Slim. Number 12 is a written testimony by Jay Electronica. Number 11, Please Excuse Me for Being Antisocial by Roddy Rich. Like I mentioned earlier, this album dropped in December of last year, about a week after the eligibility period for last year's list, so it was eligible this year. And I figured that makes sense since most of these songs dominated airplay in 2020. Roddy Rich came out of nowhere, in my opinion, um, and became one of the most impressive artists in the game, young artists in the game. We know what The Box did as a song, three Grammy nominations, seven times platinum, and personally my second favorite song of the year, but his debut album is just as good. Roddy's unique approach to his vocal performances is what endeared a lot of people to his music. He's a rapper who honestly delivers some pretty good vocals. His music is triumphant, melodic, trap. Inspirations from artists like Future and Young Thug are very evident on the album, especially in a song like Perfect Time, where the way he approaches the verses sounds like both of those artists. His intro echoes the style of Meek Mill's Dreams and Nightmares intro, His tales of overcoming and enjoying his success and fame aren't new, but his sounds are. He approaches his verses with an earnestness that you don't see in most trap rappers, and his production highlights that. 
His production crew is a collection of some of trap music's best, and they deliver a bevy of sounds for Roddy to vocally float over. He's only 22, and he's made an impact on the game already. He's got a lot more on the way, and I can't wait to see what he does next. My favorite tracks, High Fashion, The Box, Perfect Time, God's Eyes, Wartime. Number 11 is Please Excuse Me for Being Antisocial by Roddy Rich. Top 10 albums of 2020. Number 10, From King to a God by Conway the Machine. Conway the Machine had a very busy year. Before dropping From King to a God in September, his debut studio album, he released Lulu, which was a collaborative album with The Alchemist, an album that was one album away from making this list, and he released No One Mourns the Wicked, a collaborative album with Big Ghost, an album I just found out about yesterday. Um, Conway set out to showcase his versatility and artistry on this album rather than focusing on having the best bars. Now, that's not to say that he does not dominate lyrically um his debut has production from the likes of hit boy alchemist havoc from mob deep dj Premier, and more this versatile crew painted him a diverse landscape to flow over and pushed him out of his comfort zone he invited his griselda brothers dej loaf method man freddie gibbs havoc havoc and more to rhyme alongside him and they pushed his lyricism to new heights On this album, Conway paints vivid pictures with his rhymes and tells gritty personal street tales. He addresses the racial unrest in our nation on front lines, and he gives many impassioned performances. He's an incredible MC who's set to have a monster Shady Records debut next year. My favorite tracks were Spurs 3, From King, Lemon, Front Lines, and Anza. Number 10 is From King to a God by Conway the Machine. Number 9 is Burden of Proof by Benny the Butcher. This is the third Griselda project to make this year's list. They had an incredible year. Um, In June of last year, I was just learning about Benny the Butcher and his song Crowns for Kings, and it ended up as my 11th favorite song of 2019. I knew then that he was an incredible MC with an aggressive, arresting flow and that he was someone I needed to keep my eye on. In October of this year, he released Burden of Proof, his sophomore studio album, and off the first listen, I knew this was a contender for album of the year. Benny is rapping like he's got something to prove and simultaneously sounding so comfortable in his own skin. He paints street tales and gives street lessons and remains unapologetically himself across this 38-minute album. Both Benny and Conway delivered some all-star performances, but what gave this album the nod was the incredible production that Hit Boy crafted for Benny. He had soul sample loops, triumphant bangers, gritty, dark-sounding production, and the album was so cohesive. He's produced on so many amazing albums on this list alone, and none of them sound the same. The elite production that Benny rapped over and the cohesiveness of it elevated his rapping. It was like Benny finally bringing his underground sound to the Grammy stage. Every feature on the album seemed like they were trying to deliver a verse of the year to match the moment. Griselda had a crazy year and Benny certainly helped lead the charge. Favorite tracks, Burden of Proof, One Way Flight, War Paint, Legend, New Streets. Number nine is Burden of Proof by Benny the Butcher. Number eight is King's Disease by Nas. King's Disease marks the second album on this list to represent an artist getting as far away as they can from their Kanye-led project. 
Nas has mentioned that the process of creating Nazir, the seven-track album that Kanye produced, uh, the process of creating the album was not his favorite. And critically, it's not a great album. Nas sounds bored as hell as he tackles some pretty serious topics over these disjointed Kanye beats. It just didn't work. King's Disease is another album produced by one producer, but Hit Boy, I told you he had a hell of a year, crafted beats that are much more aligned with Nas's sound. King's Disease is only 12 minutes longer than Nasir, despite containing six more songs, and honestly, Nas showcased a better way to deliver his thoughts in an efficient manner. On 27 Summers, the song of the week for this week, Hit Boy delivered an absolute banger where Nas celebrated his 27 years in the game. It's under two minutes, but one of the hardest on the album. Nas sounds at home over these beats, but like 2 Chains and Busta Rhymes did this year, he also allows space for new artists to shine and shows his versatility by being able to make dope songs with them. He's rhyming with Don Tolliver, Anderson Pac, Little Dirk, and he's sounding like the old Nas we knew was still in there. The closing track, Spicy, is a dope song that sees Nas rhyming with two younger New York artists in 5 Foreign and ASAP Ferg over a fresh modern hit boy beat. Two of the highlights of this album are when he reunites The Firm for a reflective track and Ultra Black, the anthemic triumphant single promoting black empowerment. Nas sounds invigorated over beats that are tailor-made for his signature sound. Favorite tracks, 27 Summers, Ultra Black, All Bad, Full Circle. Number eight is King's Disease by Nas. Number seven is Chilombo by Janae Aiko. This is Janae's greatest work yet, and that's outside of the musical concept that she executed on this album. Janae used crystal alchemy sound bowls, which is some shit that I do not fully understand, um, in each song in an effort to open up different chakras as we listen to the album. I don't know enough to fully get that concept, but it sounds impressive as hell. Um, Outside of that, Chilombo is an amazing album where Janae delivers some of the most impressive and emotional vocal performances of her career. As a possible secondary narrative, the album seems to travel from the beginning to end as a breakup is occurring and then reconnecting toward the end, similar to Beyonce's Lemonade. Because of this, there are songs for every feeling. She has songs of healing, soothing mantras, turn-up joints, sexy songs, songs about love. It's a journey through the many facets of Janae Aiko. There are so many moments from this album that stand out for me personally. The final notes of Morning Doves sound so heavenly. The fact that the first letter of each line in the first two verses of love spell out love. The beauty of songs like 10,000 Hours and Pray For You. The way she and John Legend sound together. I feel like I've been wanting, I feel like I've been waiting her entire career for a project that has the emotional depth and vocals of this one. And I know everyone can find pockets of this album that they like because there's so much to love. My favorite tracks, Happiness Over Everything, BS, Pray For You, 10,000 Hours, Lightning and Thunder, Morning Doves, Triggered Freestyle, Pussy Fairy, Trying to Smoke. The whole album is incredible. Number seven is Chilombo by Janae Aiko. Number six is Bigger Love by John Legend. John Legend will go down as one of the greatest R&B artists of our time. He's so consistent. His voice is amazing. He takes risk and can also slay a traditional offering. His latest album, Bigger Love, is in my opinion a top two to three John Legend album. Vocally, John is at the top of his game. Um, 
he also doesn't just play it safe for his seventh studio album, which he could have. But the production takes risks, really allowing John to showcase his adaptability. The very first song merges the sounds of doo-wop and trap music. And then the very next song samples the same uh, sample that constructs the beat for Dr. Dre's next episode. When you first hear the notes for that sample, your mind goes to hip hop because that song is cemented into the fabric of hip hop culture. And for John to make a pretty decent R&B joint off of that sample is impressive. He's still got some great traditional, powerful ballads like Conversations in the Dark and the album closer Never Break. He's also got the stadium status pop-heavy single in the titular track. And then he's got the sizzling track Slow Cooker, which is one of the best vocal performances I've heard from him in a while. Every feature was selected so carefully, and they all complement John greatly from Janae Aiko to Rhapsody. With the year that we've had, John's lyrics don't just sound like lip service, and he makes love sound so good. My favorite tracks, Conversations in the Dark, Remember Us, Never Break, Wild, Slow Cooker. Number six is Bigger Love by John Legend. Coming in at number five is After Hours by The Weeknd. First off, this is one of the highest selling albums of the year. And has become one of The Weeknd's most successful albums, I think, behind Beauty Behind the Madness. Not to mention, one of the lead singles, Blinding Lights, became one of the biggest songs of the year in The Weeknd's most successful worldwide song. I love this album because it combines the two most interesting parts of The Weeknd's style. There's one side of The Weeknd, the dark side that makes songs about infidelity, drug use, promiscuity, self-deprecation the side of the weekend that attracted most of us day ones to his music in the first place. No one was really making dark R&B music like that at the time, and it was so addicting. Then there's the pop weekend that emerged in Kissland and really took flight in Beauty Behind the Madness and Starboy, the, the part of the weekend that attracted the casual fan with his hits. After Hours brings both versions of the weekend into a perfect harmony, which wasn't completely... Um, unheard of because The Weeknd's biggest pop hits were muted versions of his dark side in the first place. There's a lot of growth in this album. It's sonically cohesive with many of the songs featuring callbacks to earlier songs in the album. The Weeknd is still broody and brooding, but his actions seem to cause him regret. His pop has turned into this psychedelic type of dream pop, sonically hearkening back to an 80s sound. It's the shortest album since Kissland, with The Weeknd able to deliver a consistent, cohesive theme in under an hour. The Weeknd sounds polished and has found a balance to his music that will please every type of Weeknd fan. He dug into his artistry heavy on this album, influenced by a number of movies, um, and walking around with like a red suit and a bloody nose for every performance from this album. Um, in a few... In five years, we might revisit After Hours to find it's his best studio album so far, or maybe he'd have surpassed it. My favorite tracks, Heartless, Escape from L.A., Snow Child, Faith, Repeat After Me, and After Hours. Number five is After Hours by The Weeknd. Number four is Ungodly Hour by Chloe and Halle. The pressure on Chloe and Halle to succeed after being signed by Beyonce must have been through the roof, but honestly, they seem to be handling it pretty well. 
Ungodly Hour is their second studio album in an album that saw them seeking to make an album about their experiences, have a good time, and ditch the angelic personas people may have cast them in from their previous work. They wholeheartedly succeeded at all of that, creating the best work they've made so far. They have all the tools to make the incredible music they want with their heavenly voices, providing the perfect backdrop and foundation for each other's voices, and they're heavily involved with the production, with Chloe even producing three of the songs solo. Sonically, this album is perfect. Stylistically, they show off some versatility, with Busy Boy sounding like a straight-out-of-the-Destiny's-Child 3LW playbook, do It is one of the biggest hits they've made, and Catch Up with Sway Lee displays some serious hip-hop sensibilities. They showcase some great songwriting with Wonder What She Thinks of Me telling the story from the perspective of a side piece. It's just a well-crafted album. The album ends with Rest of Your Life, which sounds like an anthem for their generation, and is a great way to end the album on a high-note bop. They're in a great position to be some of the greatest if they keep elevating in the way they have. They've got a long journey, but they've proven that they're up for the task. Favorite tracks, Busy Boy, Do It, Rest of Your Life, Forgive Me, Wonder What She Thinks of Me, Lonely. Number four is Ungodly Hour by Chloe and Halle. Number three, Black Habits by D Smoke. D Smoke wowed everyone when he won Netflix's Rhythm and Flow competition His songs and performances were so good and so thoughtful, he seemed like the obvious winner by the last few episodes, and I couldn't believe I'd never heard of him. His sophomore album, Black Habits, which is his debut into the mainstream, is absolutely amazing. There's not a bad song on the project. D Smoke is an incredible rapper gifted with the ability to switch between flows so easily. His flow is on point. He tells intricate and introspective stories in his music. And as an added bonus, he's incredible at rapping in Spanish and English, can switch between them easily, and it still makes sense in each song. It's no joke when we say that we feel a Kendrick spirit about D Smoke like a Kendrick Lamar spirit. They come from similar neighborhoods and their music revolves around some of the same themes. D Smoke has had a hell of a red shirt year. He showcased some incredible versatility, making smoky cuts like Lights On or Real Body with Ari Lennox, West Coast bangers like No Commas, and making more than a few lyrical masterpieces. D Smoke should have been a star a long time ago, but Black Habit shows that he's ready for the limelight. Favorite tracks, No Commas, Lights On, Black Habits 2, Real Body, Like My Daddy, Closer to God. Number three is Black Habits by D Smoke. Number two is Alfredo by Freddie Gibbs and the Alchemist. This isn't the first time Freddie Gibbs and Alchemist have teamed up. Alchemist produced Freddie Gibbs and Currency's collab album Fetty in 2018, but this is definitely their best work together. Alfredo, which is a play on both of their names and is also another addition in the long list of food-related titles for The Alchemist. Um, Alchemist had a busy year solely producing projects for Conway the Machine and Boldy James, who's a Griselda associate. Freddie is coming off of an album of the year candidate with Mad Lib and Bandana from last year. I always thought that Mad Lib was the perfect companion for Freddie, but the beats that Alchemist creates are perfect for him. Whether Alchemist is crafting beats that sound like old rock, like 1985, or whether the beats itself sound menacing, like God is perfect, or whether they're soulful, like something to rap about, Freddie Gibbs owns the stage. 
Every time he raps, it just sounds like he's talking to us, having a regular conversation. That's how easy it sounds for him. He can find the pockets in the beat and flow so smoothly no matter what the subject matter is. He's one of the greatest MCs right now. And he really comes alive when the production is this good. He invites Tyler, the creator, Rick Ross, Benny the Butcher, and Conway the Machine to rap with him. And they all elevate to meet him where he is, especially Tyler, the creator. The album is only 35 minutes and feels classic and fresh at the same time. Alfredo has earned Freddie Gibbs his first Grammy nomination, and it feels like finally he's getting the respect he deserves. Favorite tracks, Something to Rap About, Scotty Beam, 1985, Frank Lucas. Number two is Alfredo by Freddie Gibbs and The Alchemist. And finally, the number one album of 2020 is Run the Jewels 4 by Run the Jewels. Ever since LP and Killer Mike teamed up to become Run the Jewels, they've been murdering beats and releasing lyrical onslaughts on everyone they come across. They're both lyrical masters with incredible flows, and over LP's sharp, unique production, they spit gritty, braggadocious bars or tell intricate personal stories with ease. They've always included important social commentary in their rhymes, but with the racial unrest that was so prevalent in 2020, race in America was heavy on their hearts and they had a lot to say. So they released the album of the year where they use their voices and their platforms to say what we've all been thinking. Released in the first few days of June, their timing could not have been better with protests erupting all across the nation. On Run the Jewels 4, they rap about overthrowing capitalistic societies, police brutality, the school-to-prison pipeline, the murder of George Floyd, fear-mongering towards black people, and so much more. While there are lots of personal stories involved in the verses of this album, Killer Mike and LP speak on a macro level for all those discriminated against, especially black people. The album is powerful, not just because it's timely, but because it's honest, unfiltered truths that resonate. They both deliver emotional, heartfelt performances, and while they save room for the braggadocious fun tracks, the meat of this album is the way they speak up for us. They're at the top of their game, and this album was so heavily anticipated, and they've never stopped using their platform to call a spade a spade. From a hip-hop standpoint alone, it was easy to see why this was the number one album of 2020, but the weight this album carried on its shoulders made it a no-brainer. Favorite tracks, A Few Words for the Firing Squad, Radiation, Holy Kalamafuck, Out of Sight, Ooh La La, Walking in the Snow, Pulling the Pin. The number one album of 2020 is Run the Jewels 4 by Run the Jewels. That is it um, for my top 25 albums of 2020 to give you the list again from 1 to 25 run the jewels 4 by run the jewels alfredo by freddie gibbs and the alchemist black habits by d smoke ungodly hour by chloe and hallie after hours by the weekend bigger love by john legend chalombo by Janae Aiko, King's Disease by Nas, Burden of Proof by Benny the Butcher, From King to a Guy by Conway the Machine, Please Excuse Me for Being Antisocial by Roddy Rich, A Written Testimony by Jay Electronica, Detroit 2 by Big Sean, The Album by Tiana Taylor, Streams of Thought Volume 3, Cain and Abel by Black Thought, 
31520 by Childish Gambino, No Pressure by Logic, It Is What It Is by Thundercat, Pray for Paris by Westside Gun, So Help Me God by Two Chains, Better by Deontay Hitchcock, It Was Good Until It Wasn't by Kalani, Featuring Ty Dolla Sign by Ty Dolla Sign, Extinction Level Event 2, The Wrath of God by Busta Rhymes, and New Beginnings by Reason, The Five Honorable Mentions, Savage Mode 2, uh, by 21 Savage and Metro Boomin, Party Mobile by Party Next Door, Take Time by Giveon, Limbo by Amine, and Good to Know by JoJo. Those are the best albums of 2020, in my opinion. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you all for listening. That is it for the Dig Deeper segment and for the podcast this week. Um, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can follow me and get more information about the podcast at my website, thinkingoutsidetheboombox.com, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TOTB, the podcast. Uh, this is the final episode of the year. Um, next year, uh, we've got three more episodes. Um, in the series with small victories and side notes, the podcast, our track by track series. Next up is Better by Deontay Hitchcock. And then we've got two more albums that we're going to be discussing. I am going to deliver the most anticipated albums of the year of 2021. Uh, that episode will probably be dropping. Let's see. This is the 30th. Probably, I want to say January 10th. Uh, it depends. Um, I don't know if I, I usually record on Sundays. Um, so if I can get that together by this Sunday, the 3rd, I'll drop it then. But likely that episode will be coming on the 10th. Um, and then some big stuff's coming. So stay tuned. Uh, to Thinking Outside the Boombox, your number one source for hip-hop and R&B news. Have a happy new year. I'll see you in 2021. Peace. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues 
your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 